Welcome to the Indian Ocean World Podcast. Welcome to the Indian Ocean World Podcast. My name is Dr. Philip Gooding. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the Indian Ocean World Center, and I'm the current associate editor of the Journal of Indian Ocean World Studies, or JIWS. And it is partly in my capacity as the associate editor of the JIWS, that is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Kaustub Manishan Gupta, who published an article in our most recent issue, which can be found on the JIWS website. Dr. Sam Gupta teaches history at Bankura University, India. He studied history at Presidency College, Kolkata, and at the Center for Historical Studies, JNU, in New Delhi, the latter place being where he obtained his PhD in 2014. He was a visiting doctoral fellow at the Center for Modern Indian Studies, Göttingen, Germany, and a postdoctoral fellow for two years at the Transnational Research Group on Poverty and Education in India, funded by the Max Weber Stiftung in Germany. His research focuses on the urban history of South Asia, the early colonial state in India, and the history of infrastructure and space. He is also keen on practicing historical research in the vernacular, and he writes regularly in Bengali. Along with a few colleagues, he's planning to start a blog in Bengali on various issues of history and history writing from January 2022. His research articles have appeared in several journals, including the Indian Economic and Social History Review, Studies in History, and Economic and Political Weekly. His two edited volumes are entitled Rethinking the Local in Indian History, which is published with Routledge, and Debates of History, History of Debates, India's Past and Present Research, which is published in Bengali with Ananda Publishers in Calcutta. He has recently submitted his manuscript of, the manuscript of his monograph entitled Carving Calcutta, Space, Economy and Law in 18th Century Bengal. And we very much look forward to hearing more about that. Today, though, Dr. Sengupta has joined me to discuss his recent publication with the Journal of Indian Ocean World Studies, which is entitled William Tolley and His Canal, Navigating Calcutta in the Late 18th Century. Dr. Sengupta, thank you very much for joining me. To start off, can you simply introduce your article, Who was Major Tolley and why did he want to build a canal? But also, how did you come to this topic and what drew to this history of infrastructure in Calcutta? Thank you uh, for inviting me to the podcast. And uh, so uh, this article, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's a part of a larger project on uh, public works in early colonial Calcutta during the late 18th century. And uh, in my monograph, as you mentioned, I'm looking at uh, three or four such projects. So the first one uh, is on the new Fort William. Uh, then there's a project on the dockyard and then I'm looking at uh, the canal. Uh, so uh, if I may just, uh, before uh, going into the, the detail of, the, of this particular article, I just wanted to highlight some of the key issues uh, of these public projects in, in, uh, in early Calcutta. So the new Fort William, it was a company project. It was a public project in the sense that the company was building it. And the company faced a lot of difficulties in building the, the new Fort William. And during the same period, a few individuals who were servants of the company in various, uh, in, in various sectors of the company uh, uh, enterprise, they were keen on improving their fortunes, as I mentioned in, in, in one of the quotes 
of uh, Tolly, you'll find that uh, he's complaining that I haven't improved my fortune a bit during this uh, this project. So, so these individuals they would uh, venture out uh, for uh, into these kind of uh, public enterprises. Uh, they would they would uh, give some proposal to the company, and the, if the company found it suitable, they would grant them the necessary permission. So, this has been the pattern for these projects. I mean, uh, you you have discussed uh, Devjani Bhattacharya's book with her in your podcast, and she is actually she shows how one one such project uh, of uh, Benjamin uh, Lekam, uh, that uh, project, it's a it's a similar kind of a project. So with Tolly, uh, with this particular project, we find that uh, Calcutta was surrounded by this uh, watery space. Watery, uh, there were various uh, canals. The channels, the River Hooghly. Calcutta is situated on the bank of the River Hooghly, which connects it to the Bay of Bengal. So the eastern part of the region, uh, uh, it's the most fertile region, one of the most fertile regions of the world, the Bengal Delta. So uh, various commodities would come to the city, uh, would come to the, uh, would come to Calcutta through these channels, and it was cheaper to get these commodities via the water route than via land. So when Tolly proposed the, the 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 extension of this canal and digging up the canal and widening the canal, the company was uh, the company was pretty sure that this was a venture that they would like to have. And uh, we find that this was a particularly uh, important project, uh, as we as I discussed that Henry Watson, who was building the dockyard at that. Uh, during the same period, he was also keen to uh, embark on this project. But the company, and this is not clear from the from the archive, why the company chose Major Tolly over uh, Captain Watson for this particular project. But anyhow, Tolly got the uh, got the nod from the company, and he proposed certain terms and uh, to the company, which the company, after various sets of negotiations that I discuss in my article, the company gave him the necessary permission. So the two most important issues that uh, kind of cropped up during these negotiations were uh, regarding the uh, ownership of land that uh, the that Tolly needed to build his canal and the collection of tolls, the duties uh, of the merchandise that would come through the uh, through the channel. So. The uh, Tolly wanted, obviously, Tolly wanted to have uh, property rights on the land. But the company, uh, and there's uh, here I show how the uh, how the members of the company board they were not unanimous in their in their opinion regarding these issues. Uh, so while Tolly wanted uh, the right on on certain lands, some of the members thought that it was a preposterous uh, suggestion to give an individual. Uh, the ownership right, and uh, some thought that yes, we might, but whether it would be prudent. So there was some kind of a dilemma regarding that. But the the issue that uh, the, the other issue that uh, that was quite important for the company was regarding the collection of tolls. And here uh, the duties uh, that Tolly was uh, charging on the merchandise that would be brought. Through his canal, and uh, here, when the canal uh, 
started its competition, we find that some of the older landholders, the cultivators, the uh, the cultivators alongside the channel, they were at least what Tolly kind of uh, complained about that these cultivators and the older landholders, they were kind of impinging upon these collections and they were kind of uh, one, I, I discussed one such person, Manik Dash, he's Tolly complained that he's collecting tolls on his channel, which was unauthorized tolls because Tolly was the sole, uh, according to the company lease, Tolly was the sole uh, person who was entitled to collect tolls. But so this issue, I show that with this kind of uh, complaints, we enter into the archives where we find different layers of uh, meanings and different layers of uh, contestations that the company and the individuals had to face during this early phase of urbanization in Calcutta. So, uh, and there, uh, the realm of political economy, the pre-colonial realm of political economy that uh, was the, that the company wanted to uh, replace, we find that through these issues, through these individual projects, what I'm trying to show in my larger, uh, uh, larger project, that through these infrastructural projects, I'm trying to hint at the wider realm of political economy and the wider realm of uh, property negotiation, the wider realm of uh, land jurisdiction, these issues, how the company replaced the old Mughal and the Nawabi settlement and established its own kind of rules and regulations. So from the Battle of uh, Kasi in 1757, when the company defeated the Bengal Nawab, till the end of the 18th century, till the early uh, first phase of the early 19th century, these 40 or 50 odd years, I show that this was a crucial period for companies rule in Bengal, where they established its hold over the entire province. And during this period, Calcutta emerged as the most important urban center of the province, eclipsing the earlier Mughal and Nawabi polities and centers, most importantly, Murshidabad, which was the last capital of the Bengal Nawabs. So, uh, so my archive kind of, uh, it, it's kind of these disputes. From these disputes, I enter into the wider uh, story of urbanization. And this particular uh, essay, this particular article is kind of, it, it manifests that, um, if I may say that methodology of mine, where I'm trying to, uh, trying to enter the story of urbanization through certain dispute, through certain uh, negotiations between the old realm and the new uh, realm. So I'll just, I'll introduce my article uh, like this, that it's a story of organization through uh, the stories, the stories of certain disputes and negotiations. Wonderful. Thanks very much. You open a number mm -hmm. of uh, avenues of potential analysis here, which I'm, I'm going to pick you up on a couple, I think, which I'd like maybe you could uh, explain some more. Um, towards the beginning of your article, on page 71, in fact, you point to the quote, 
tension, contradictions, and incompetency of merchants and mercenaries um, working um, in the um, East India Company at this time. And I wonder if you could um, unpack this a little more with special reference to the incompetency. And I think you're, the way you've introduced your article speaks to this um, as well. And I really, reading your article and listening to your introduction there, um, it really seems to me that this incompetency is a prevailing feature of the history you describe. Um, in the article, you um, note that the budgets frequently, um, the, the budget for the canal project was blown out of the water almost immediately. Uh, and of course, you just alluded to, like, I suppose, unresolved um, political and land ownership uh, issues, which to my mind, at least, these just seem like utterly predictable um, results immediate, just from the outset, even from the planning. So my kind of question is, what's the company doing here? Why did they improve this project? Why was there not more oversight at the initial stage? And I suppose, what does this history tell us about the nature of the company, uh, I suppose, broadly, but also uh, in, uh, in Bengal at this time? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you, if you uh, read the, the building, the, the story of construction of the new Fort William that the company itself was uh, embarking on, you will find that their incompetence is, uh, I mean, it's new, no bound. I mean, the, the, the Fort William was built over a period of 20, 25 years. And they, uh, within a year of the, the, the star, within a year uh, of its uh, building, uh, construction process, uh, they were complaining, the engineers were complaining about uh, shortage of material, about shortage of fund, and uh, the quality of the material, etc. So here also, uh, we find that when Tolly proposed the, the project, the company initially, uh, even Tolly didn't know what to, how to budget for the project, as we would say that here for a proposal, we need a proper budget, a proper budget and the company would approve that budget considering various other factors that, that was at play. But we find that, uh, it was not the case. And this, this has been a recurrent feature for all the projects that I study. So in my, uh, in my understanding, what I find, uh, why I use the word incompetent because is that these people who came to India during this period as uh, servants of the company, they were, they were young, mostly they were young people. And uh, they were out in the East to make a fortune. Tolly was not that young at this point of his life. He died uh, a few years after this. But mostly uh, the company people as well, they were in their 20s or 30s. And they didn't have a clue uh, of how to rule. They were not administrators. They were mercenaries. That I, and I, I mentioned that, that these, these, are, these are mercenaries. They wanted, they were fighting, maybe they were fighting somewhere in, in, in other parts of the empire and they were uh, sent to Calcutta, uh, to India. Uh, they were fighting in down south maybe, then they were suddenly uh, transported to Bengal. And so they, they had very little clue. Uh, that is, that is uh, what I'm trying to show in my larger pro project that they had very little clue, uh, some of these individuals uh, they had very little clue of the climate, of the geography, of the of the rules and regulations of the previous regime, and 
it was difficult uh, 18th century india was not an easy terrain with multiple uh, all over india with multiple uh, uh, realm and uh, the jurisdiction and politics of the period it was difficult and for the people who who are coming here from outside uh, just as traders and then as uh, maybe uh, they they were fighting some wars but they were mainly traders and the the men at london would uh, always remind uh, the the men and men in bengal and in india that you are you are employees of a of a trading company and you do not uh, go overboard with your wars and with your uh, with your uh, projects in in india because you need uh, in, at the end of the day we need profit so uh, these people what i am trying to uh, show is that these people were Uh, merchants and mercenaries they didn't have much clue about administration and even the engineers who who came to uh, india during this period they were also not very competent i mean uh, so the making of the fort william shows that uh, they had to constantly uh, uh, shift the engineers transfer the engineers bring in new people so these people they were trying they were grappling with the situation as they were going along and this is true and this has been uh, true for a lot of uh, other issues during this period most uh, notably the fixing of the land revenue during this period i mean uh, it has been charted quite uh, it, it it is a well documented history now that from the 1750s uh, onwards how the company actually faltered on its way towards the uh, towards the settlement permanent settlement of the 1790s so so these thing, these issues are kind of i'm trying to uh, show that these were the uh, these were the issues that also uh, featured in the organization process of this period so you mentioned quite a lot about the nature of um or the composition of the company officials at this point mercenaries merchants this gives us the opportunity to i suppose have a closer look at major tolly the key figure uh in your article could you tell us more about major tolly he seems somewhat singular um what were his motivations for building the canal um i suppose you note uh that he came in correspondence with the company that he'd worked for them for 14 years uh and in the course of time which quote i have not improved my fortune so i imagine money or the possibility of money was a key motivation but i also imagine that there were other company employees in similar economic in a similar economic position um so in short my question is why major tolly why was it major tolly specifically who embarked on this enterprise is it because he's older like you just alluded to is there, is there some kind of ambition behind his seniority here yeah i mean it's uh, difficult uh, i mean he he comes out as a singular uh, figure because uh, there's very little that we know about him i mean even from the archives and from other biographies uh, biographies of other uh, of company people at this point of time we find very little uh, uh, of these figures i mean major tolly is one such figure we have henry watson the other figure who was building the dockyard at this point of time uh, so these are these were people who were uh, part of the company army uh and uh, they came to india fighting for the company but also as i mentioned that they wanted to improve their fortune so uh they were uh 
they were fortune seekers in some way. And uh, uh, Henry Watson actually mentions, and this is one of his uh, uh, one of his phrase that he uses in one of his correspondence uh, with, uh, with the company that these are private adventurers that they came to India hoping that whatever meager salary they get from the company employment that would be complemented with certain other projects and so these infrastructural projects they wanted to embark on these projects simply because they wanted to make a fortune they were the fortune seekers of this period and we know of people like clive and hastings who made a fortune out here in india and then went back to grab a seat in the parliament and what not so uh, the but these were the big figures the the story of the big figures that we know but when we when we look at uh, a person like tolly or a person like watson we find that they were equally important in establishing a uh, company's rule in india and the empire in india so they come out as singular figures because uh, we know very little of them apart from these projects when they when they enter into the company archives otherwise they are just uh, just a uh, name in somewhere in the corner of the archive. Well, let's pick up on this issue of the archives then. Um, and, about, and about the materials for your article. One of the wonderful features of your article, in fact, is your frequent referencing of primary, primary materials. You can really, really build a narrative out of it and makes it a wonderful read. Um, and just from looking at the materials, looking at the, the footnotes you go through, it seems like there's a significant trove of relevant materials to this history across state and national archives in India and the UK. I just wondered if you could talk about your process then. How did you come to compile these materials? Did you, do, did you set out to do so when you visited the archives in um, Bengal, uh, elsewhere in India and in uh, London? Or I suppose, um, did they, or just, just I suppose, did Major Tolly uh, and the other infrastructural projects you referred to, such as New Fort William, did they just refer, did they just keep on cropping up in your, in your other research? Um, and given the wealth of materials, could you postulate on why, I suppose, they've not really been brought to light in historical research before? Were they hidden in some way? Yeah, so uh, to, to answer the, the last question first, I mean, uh, these are issues that you will uh, find uh, in any, any history of Calcutta, that the, you will find mention of the Fort William, you will find mention of the canal, you will find mention of the dockyard and etc. But you won't find the the story that I'm telling, you won't find the 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 successive stages of the of the story. You will find that yes, he built that that was built in that year. So the, but when I when I went to the archives, I was looking for something else, as I, as you mentioned, that I was not looking for this particular canal or this particular person. I was uh, I was actually looking at uh, markets. Uh, uh, one of my chapters was on uh, was is on bazaars of Calcutta. So I was looking at uh, markets in in the city uh, during this period, and there I found uh, the some disputes regarding markets on the banks of this particular canal. So I started following that story. Why? What was the dispute about? Uh, why uh, the canal was important for, for the markets. So while 
pursuing that story the market story i uh, i went to the uh, story of the canal and so suddenly i i found similarities between this story and the story that i was uh, pursuing on the dockyard and a pattern emerged so the fort william the dockyard the canal so this was something that the then my focus shifted to the infrastructural projects and i uh, i shifted my uh, my phd chapters kind of uh, to pursue the 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 building of the city well uh, with the look at these individual projects and following these stories so in a sense it's kind of a micro historical uh, approach uh where i built the story of the larger uh, larger narrative of urbanization through these individual stories and the material is, as as you mentioned the material is fascinating i mean it's it's when if you it's difficult uh, it's difficult to uh, pursue a particular story uh, across archives and often there were uh, there were moments when i couldn't find the missing piece of the puzzle and it was frustrating this particular story was incomplete for almost 2 years before i found the the relevant missing information from uh, from british uh, library and then it kind of got uh, completed so so it's it's uh, pursuing the story was uh, was also an adventure and it it was also fascinating yeah it sounds it um right do permit me i'm now going to ask a question which i think um is is um, possibly more attuned to um the work that we do at the IWC here um and that question is about uh, environmental change um the obviously building a canal marks a significant shift in the way that humans in the region are interacting with their environment and i wondered um how this fits into a broader environmental history one aspect of this um is that if you're going to remodel the environment in such a way how they do so surely looks remarkably different between seasons uh turning off it's the monsoon season uh be the particularly striking one uh or and between years between years of drought or years of abundant rainfall and i wondered how does the monsoon season affect the design and construction of the canal uh uh perhaps how did excessive or deficient monsoon excessive or deficient monsoons affect the canal and were company officials uh, and or major tolly um aware or to what degree were they aware of the possible effects of monsoonal variation uh on the canal yes i mean <clears throat> so uh this is an issue that uh, uh i was not uh, i was not very much aware uh, in the beginning when i was uh, i was doing uh, starting my research but over the years uh, environmental history and environmental issues have become pretty important and uh, even uh, in my work i i revisited some of my material to find that there are there are hints that we need to pick up and i need to pick up and uh, look at the the construction process through the lens of environment and through the lens of the changes and uh changes in the climate and, and this comes out uh if i may just allude to the uh, fort william uh, project again this comes out very crucially for the building of the fort william because construction process got hampered uh due to incessant rainfall during the harvest season 
the laborers who come to the city uh, to work in the projects, uh, they were actually cultivators back in their villages. So they would go back. The company didn't have any option to keep them at the site. So they would go back to their villages and the, uh, and the project would be stalled. The material, uh, the bricks, they won't get dried. So the, the process got hampered due to the uh, in, uh, due to insufficient uh, uh, supply of bricks and other material. So uh, I found that uh, the climate issue uh, for a project like the Fort William, that was quite central to the way the, uh, the project was designed. In case of the canal, as you mentioned, that it, it's kind of, it's the, the whole terrain. Uh, uh, and here again, I'm indebted to Devjani Bhattacharya's book, which kind of alerted uh, uh, us to the possibility of looking at Calcutta, uh, not to the possibility, but we need to bring in the Delta much more centrally to, the, to any, uh, any story of urbanization of the city. So for, uh, for my project, for this particular uh, essay, I also found that if I need to understand the whole project, I need to understand the watery terrain of the, uh, of the region. And when Tolly was proposing the project, he was also alluding that he, he's, he was saying that I, I can cut the channel from a northward direction or from a southerly direction. So this shows that there are options, that the terrain is such that you can actually build a canal, whether you want to go it from the north or whether you want to uh, go it from the south, you can do that. And also the size of the, uh, the width of the canal, the width of the channel, how wide should it be so that boats could come in. I mean, larger vessels cannot fly the city. I mean, it was not possible, but the, the width of the uh, canal was an issue that they debated for a long time. And when uh, the company wanted to take over the canal, uh, they, they uh, sent this person, R.H. Colebrook, over the surveyor to look at the, the condition of the canal. And he said that it's not navigable now. So you need monsoon. You need the water, or you need to desilt the the whole uh, the whole channel before we can uh, buy it back. So these are issues that I found. These are issues that didn't uh, strike that didn't strike me when I was initially writing the I, when I initially wrote the chapter. But when I was reworking the chapter for the for the for the uh, article, I these issues struck me and I'm now much more aware of environmental issues and environmental concerns. This then gives me, if, you, if you're going to discuss uh, how, your, um, how these issues are affecting your approach uh, moving forward, I think it's an opportune time to ask my final question. Uh, and that is um, basically, what are you working on now? You mentioned, you alluded to your book several times. Um, when can we look forward to seeing this sometime in the near future? Uh, do you want to give more details on your book or are there any other projects you want to draw our attention to that we can uh, be excited to see in the future? Yes, uh, as, I, as I alluded to my book, uh, because uh, I didn't, uh, I just alluded to the, uh, the project because these are very interconnected issues, the, this article and the, and the other projects. So uh, hopefully it will come out sometime late next year or early 
2023. Uh, but right now, I'm I'm uh, working on uh, a project of uh, on uh, tentatively titled as Second City of the Empire: Infrastructure and Improvement in Colonial Calcutta. So, I kind of take the story forward to the 19th century uh, of infrastructure and. Uh, but uh, the concerns uh, they kind of uh, change, and uh, I'm looking here at uh, drainage and water supply system, and uh, road building. Uh, the the way Calcutta was reached on, uh, during this period. So it's kind of an entwined history of uh, epidemics and environment, uh, sanitation and sewerage, and. Uh, where role of experts and local knowledge, they kind of, uh, so it's a, it's a kind of a global approach to the, to the, uh, to the question of organization at this point of time. And uh, apart from this, I'm also, uh, it's a, uh, I'm also uh, looking at uh, another, uh, I've started working on another project uh, where I look at the role of the city and the village in South Asia. So I'm looking at, uh, basically the interlinkages between the city and the village, the urban and the rural uh, in South Asia. And I argue that uh, for an urban theory from global south, we need to consider the endpoint and the interlinked histories of the spaces of both the urban and the rural. We cannot study them in isolation. So that's a long-term project that I'm looking at. Uh, I have just started. Wonderful. Um, I really look forward to see, seeing how those turn out. They sound um, incredibly interesting, um, especially this idea of sanitation epidemics uh, in Calcutta. This is, speaks to very much uh, my own and the International World Centre's um, research interest at the moment. So we'll very much look forward to seeing those come to fruition in the coming years. Um, thank you very much for discussing um, that with me uh, and your article uh, and the broader project from which it comes. It really has been a pleasure. Um, as it was in our correspondence during the final stages of production for your article. Uh, thank you also to Rene Mandeville, who, by the time you are listening to this, will have edited and produced it. And thank you to you, the listener, for downloading uh, or streaming uh, this through Spotify. Once again, my name is Dr. Philip Gooding, and you have been listening to the Indian Ocean World podcast. The Indian Ocean World podcast would like to acknowledge the generous support of the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. This podcast series is part of the SSHRC-funded partnership project Appraising Risk, Past and Present, interrogating historical data to enhance understanding of environmental crises in the Indian Ocean world.